0: Okay, John Wallace. Mm-hmm. You are here on Soulful Seven Conversations, which is such an honor. Um, I think we've known each other 26 years. Okay. If I'm yep. factoring back the numbers, and actually, I we didn't even know each other, but we were connected before because your father wrote a recommendation for me to get into Swami. Oh wow, that is. Yes, know. I will say over the last 26 years, you are steady and kind would be my two things to say about you, steady and kind and tall. So I've invited you because you have gone through two years of absolute struggle and you are a walking um, sign of redemption for me. We were at a basketball game last fall and you walked into the gym with your two new legs And I turned to David and I said, I feel like hope just walked in on a cane. Like to see you, I feel like you should be wearing a t-shirt wherever you go and it should just say, I am hope. And I don't know if you feel that way about you, but when I look at you, that's how I feel like I, you know, everyone always jokes about that, that I pick books because I want there to. I don't mind if there's struggle, and I don't mind if there's adversity, and I don't mind if there is heartbreak. But I always want redemption at the end. I want mm-hmm. to feel like the characters have had redemption. And so, just for everyone that is um, listening and watching, you went in for a what is what, what where you were told was a routine. Right. Wouldn't you know? Yes, it was heart surgery, mm-hmm. so it was surgery, but that it was routine. So many done every single day, and that you were gonna be just totally fine. You're a healthy 43 year old, or 42 year old, when this happened? uh, 42. 43. 43? Yeah, 43, yeah. And so this should not be a problem. You went in and it just was a snowball effect. Like, I feel like every single text and email that we got after you went in for the surgery, it was like it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. So, I don't know if you want to, if you want to explain what happened. I mean, I know you were, like, you flatlined. You were in a coma for how many weeks?
1: Yeah, about four weeks. Four, four weeks, weeks in a coma. Three and a half.
0: I came up to the hospital, I think, three times during that time, during when you were in the hospital. One of the times you were on the ventilator. The other two times, one, you were unconscious and, or you were sed- heavily sedated because you were coming out of it. And then the third time you were... In the bed, not moving, but you were alert and talking. Okay. I saw your mother, who was always there. Your wife, who I find to be like a superhero. You have this incredible family. You have four young children under the age of twelve, and you had strokes.
1: Yeah, I had. So, you know, my (laughs) chart is about this thick. Mm -hmm. uh, If you go back and look at it, Um, but best I can tell, I had. Several, mi- what they call micro strokes throughout the process, I, um, what else? So MRSA, pseudomonas infection of some sort, several different infections, um, that were major, uh, infections, I guess. Um, and a lot of excessive bleeding where they couldn't stop the bleeding. And I mean, I think the core of it was they just couldn't get me awake. <laughs> really into my right mind so they had to put me down and then you know kind of all, everything just went downhill from there and um,
0: I mean you were as close to the edge I mean didn't your doctor tell you like I've never seen anyone that so, was able to live
1: well after so my doctor said I said I asked him my, my recovery doctor I said mm-hmm. you know because you hear all the stories, right? People are like, oh, you know, people are coming in saying, oh, you look great and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, man, I must have looked really bad if I look great You now. were scary. Yeah. And, it uh, was
0: like one of those portraits. I mean, when I walked into the hospital room and you had all the tubes and everything. Yeah. And then your mom was sitting in the chair.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. It was.
1: Yeah. So I asked him, I said, you know, what, what really happened? And he was like, well, I'm going to have to go back and read through everything and just kind of. To digest it all because it was just a few days in and you know he was just kind of getting used to taking care of me you know he came in the next day and he was like you know all i can say is you were as close to death as you could get without actually dying Mm -hmm. so you know whatever that
0: well flash forward so you wake up and i'll Mm -hmm. never forget when we got the text and 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 then not sure what you would be like Brainways, brain wise, right. because you did have the stress. I strips. think that was the big fear. Yeah, I think everybody was just kind of holding their breath. Mm-hmm. And then your funny sense of humor mm-hmm. and um, everything proved itself that, that John was back. Mm-hmm. But then it's like it even got worse, right?
1: Well, because. Yeah, my, you know, my feet were, were blue at the time and had been, you know, somehow. And there's a number of different theories on you know exactly what happened, but lost lost circulation at some point, in blood flow, and that that damaged them. And but there was hope that there was some thought that hey, this isn't going to be a, this is, shouldn't be a big deal. We should be able to get you through that. And then that turned out not to be the case. I started what they call hyperbaric treatment, where you go in for mm-hmm. deep you know it's pure oxygen. They sink you down uh, three atmospheres deep, effectively. And like within a week my feet went from blue to black i mean just like pieces of charcoal
0: so eventually we flash forward and i mean you went from doing every single thing you could possibly do to save your legs mm-hmm. and then when they said you're not going to save your legs you bravely went into the surgery and they removed all the way up to your a little bit below your kneecap yep, right
1: nine inches below the knee
0: and then you had to heal yeah. And then you got your prosthetics, mm-hmm. which I'm looking at you right now, both of them on.
1: Right. That's and you're
0: moving and grooving like there, you do. We're getting there. The reason that, you know, you've been through it, mm-hmm. like you've been in the Valley, you've had to, to be so brave and so courageous, not to mention you are a father of four children and you have a wife who have had to walk this path with you too. I'm very interested in... For everyone that's listening, who also is either going through something right now um, or have someone really close to them that's going through something right now, your words of wisdom. Like, I know you probably don't see yourself as making it to the other side, but by seeing you right now, in my mind, it feels like you 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 saw your way through. Right. And I know that every day is a struggle. I mean, we've talked about the logistics of your new life and, you know, how it works with your prosthetic legs and everything. but Again, I say, you know, when I look at you, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like hope right there. Mm -hmm. With that said, though, you know, struggle, like really it tests everything in your being. It tests the way you look at yourself. It tests the way that you look at God and faith and what matters in your life and who you really love and can count on. And it's like it rips the band-aid off and um, suffering... You know, in some ways, you know, I think of Paul um, where it said, he, you know, the scales fell off of his eyes. And um, I know in my own life when I've had struggle or suffering or obstacles, it's a little bit of the silver lining that it just kind of rips rips the scales off and you finally see as you're meant to see the world and yourself and God. So I'd love to start from that place. Um, at the dinner table last night, the kids and David asked three questions that were outside of my questions. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it will start David's question was how, how has the last two years tested your faith?
1: Yeah, well, um, that's a big question. Um, significantly, I'll say, um, you know, you, 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 uh, so when I first woke up, okay. Um, And then, you know, that was a sort of somewhat of a gradual process for me to kind of regain my bearings. But there was a lot of, you know, my family, you know, telling me, you know, this is such a great answer to prayer. You know, you're alive and you're great and everything. And I'm laying in the hospital bed, looking at my feet, they're blue and black going like, and I just wasn't there for all, I wasn't there for all the prayers and, you know, the, the support that I got from, um, which was tremendous as I've come to find out from the community, people like you, David, and certainly, you know, just so many people, um, that that the family got and the prayers, you know, multiple prayer groups all around the country and in Birmingham and my church, you know, so it was a great answer of prayer for, for everybody, Mm -hmm. um, but not me, you know, (laughs) um, and so,
0: Because all you knew when you went on in was you were a healthy guy. You're right. Who had like a congenital heart thing that had to be fixed. The
1: reality was I thought there was a 99% chance that I was going to live and everything was going to be fine. And there was a 1% chance that I was going to die. I didn't factor in sort of the in between, you know. Right. um, So, you know, yeah. I mean, it it was, it tested my faith pretty tremendously. Um, And... uh, I'm not going to be, uh, you know, the reality is there were times when I was, um, in the hospital and I felt pretty far from God, to be honest. Um, you know, I had a friend of mine and a counselor of mine who, um, I was just telling him about it. And he said, kind uh, of feel like your prayers aren't getting past the ceiling. And I was like, that's it, you know, mm-hmm. really just, you know, I'm praying, I'm trying to pray, trying to read the Bible, but it just, for whatever reason, it just felt really distant for a while. And I think, I think, I think that's quite frankly, where in a big part of where community and church comes involved because, you know, and certainly Christ as well, because you need people to intercede for you, right. you know, <laughs> um, because it's, that's something like this is going to test your faith. It's just, I don't think there's mm-hmm. any way around it. Um, and it's not I had faith I mean I did so have you didn't faith. lose your faith I didn't lose my faith but I felt disconnected from it to isn't some that
0: point. kind of a scary place to Very. be where you feel disconnected to God especially yeah. when you're in this this awful place of such vulnerability yeah and when you don't know what's happening or what is going to be the next step forward yeah Is a scary place to be
1: it is and you, I kind of <laughs> expected it to kind of because you're thinking, like, this is it. This is when I really need you, God. Right, you know? right. Um, and, uh, but I always held on to a sense that even if it wasn't super prominent, but it certainly was in the back of my head that there was a plan, you know, that God had a plan for this. What it was, who knows? Still don't know 100%. But And that God can use this for good, Um and,
0: uh, so you did believe that that God would use this for good?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I won't say that I never wavered from that, but I, mm-hmm. certainly that was pretty, uh, pretty in much in my thoughts and in, in okay. my heart, you know. But uh, you know, there were t- you know, you wonder what you know, right? Um, so
0: I know it's like the, um, there, uh, the seminary professor said to me one time: you were going to go through periods in your life where God is going to be facing away from you, and all you see is God's back. Right. And God doesn't turn. Mm-hmm. And all you're waiting for is for God to turn. But you are going to have seasons, and faith is believing that God will turn.
1: Right. I so in those seasons accurate. where
0: you're looking and you, all you see is God's back, just that hoping that uh, eventually, somehow, some way, God will turn around.
1: Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, his, guy's timing is perfect and it's, it's not your timing and that's very hard no matter what you're going through, whether minor or major, that's a hard thing to accept a lot of times. And it doesn't mean it's going to be this week or next month or next year or, you know, the reality is this, I believe God's plan, uh, who knows what it is for all this, right? Um, and I may never know. I have some, I, I have some thoughts, but that's that's my sort of, uh, you know, pitiful human understanding of things, right? Um,
0: like, do you say though? I mean, are you do you articulate to God? Like, you know, I feel like clearly you saved my life. Like, mm-hmm. my life is <clears throat> so. You must have something yes. that you're hoping that I'm going to reveal. You know, like you've clearly already revealed to me. So, in in the sense of. You know, someone just seeing you and thinking, oh my gosh, there is hope. Mm -hmm. Like I just see John Wallace and I believe that I don't care how bad it is. Like he's a walking example of hope. So that in itself, I hate for you to have gone through that to, to give me that reveal. And I'm sure every single person that comes in contact with you feels the same way. You're such a humble guy, period. So you were like that before, mm-hmm. and, and still, every time I see you, you're very frank about how you're feeling, and, but it's always with such humility.
1: Well, you're very nice to say, and you're, you're not the only person who's said that. Um, you know, I've had a lot of people, I and that's one of, the, one of the benefits of, you know, having, I've said this before, you know, having, it's, it's hard to hide what's happening, so right. people are, you know, it's not like I'm struggling with anything in, inside, or at least that people can see and so you know the people are encouraging me often and uh, and so that's that's helpful mm-hmm. uh, but I've had people I mean my my sister texted me or emailed me the first day I went back to church and I was in my wheelchair and uh that somebody and I can't remember a friend of hers who's going to have a baby but i can't remember the details but it was a s- t- tough situation for that for that person. It texted in, in, my wife or my sister and said, hey, you know, saw Johnny, really just just seeing him come, you know, it was just such an inspiration and gave me such a sense. I mean, very similar to what you said. And, you know, it's humbling to hear. And, it's, you know, uh, that's hopefully part of the plan. You
0: know, right. Part of God's plan. Well, and I'm the first to say, I mean, this this business of being human, mm-hmm. Maybe it wasn't until I was more in my middle age that I realized how difficult it is to be human. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we just, and, and, you know, I've had some struggles and now you're having struggles and we all, you know, it's like the universal condition. We're each going to suffer and struggle.
1: That's been one of the biggest (laughs) things for me. It's just that, you know, when I started, I, I literally was thinking when I came out of everything and I'm in the hospital and you got a lot of time to yourself when you're stuck in the hospital but you see you know, and people are coming to visit and people mm-hmm. are talking about and I, and I hear so-and-so's brother died and so-and-so's got cancer and so-and-so's wife's got cancer and so-and-so's you know spouse died and I'm thinking to myself like what the heck happened to the world while I was out and then I kind of started to realize it wasn't the world that changed it's yeah. that I'm starting to realize that bad stuff has ha- not only happens a lot, but has happened to a lot of people right. that I know and that I love, that I, you know, then um, that I care about, that I hadn't, hadn't even registered. I mean, yes, I was aware of it, but you, I just didn't understand the impact of it, you know? Yeah, and what, I guess I, be.
0: being, uh, you know, working and doing a little bit of pastoral ministry and stuff, you know, I say I'm in the trenches a lot. Yeah. So I'm in the trenches. I'm at that edge that you've been Um, between life and death and so I see very it's like at my fingertips just what people are going through and you told me one time I think we were in the grocery store and you just said you know in some ways it's a gift because what I'm going through you see like you see my two prosthetic legs and now I'm realizing though how many people are going through things that you don't see because they're inside And I'll never forget, I was walking down 67th Street. I think I was either going to Sloan or I was leaving Sloan And it was just like at rush hour and there were so many people passing me on the street. And I just had this like revelation. You know, here I am, like at the worst. I am like in such a fragile state. I have no idea what the next step is gonna look like. I am afraid. I am exhausted. And all these people are just going about their lives. Like we're all, but then we all are going through things and we pass each other every day and yep. we don't realize, you know, if you don't have the two prosthetic legs, what's really going on in all of our lives. And, um, well, so my next question is, so, so I knew you before it's like, it's almost kind of a before and an after. Mm-hmm. And I know you've always been a faithful person. You're an incredible dad and what, and husband how has your perception of God changed?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and are you certain God exists?
1: Right. Um, I think certain is a tough word or a, a strong word. <laughs> um, but I, I believe uh, that comes back to the faith. Um, you know, I don't know I think my perception of God hasn't changed too much. I mean, I know I have a hard time believing that all of this is, you know, that a, a tree from an acorn and, you know, us from two cells, you know, two cells to who we are, that that's, uh, you know, that that's just chance. an accident, you know? Right. And, um, uh, so that's in I have a you know so I feel like there is a greater power and I feel pretty certain that that's the case
0: well looking back over the last two years can you see instances where you say you know what it's it's too mysterious it's too it has to be like divine yes, something absolutely I mean, you know like signs of, of 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 something where you're like, you know, only that could happen by something greater than myself.
1: Absolutely. But I, what happens in a, in, in, is I relate it to myself in so many instances. Well, I can't believe I met that person and that wasn't that. And that has to be God's plan to put us together or whatever the thing may be. And so I think it's important for us also to not just relate it all to yourself, but like to the. To the greater picture, and I think right. the big story that God has for us is very hard, or for humanity and for this earth, is is the greater story that's going on. Is uh, we we don't really know, um, you know, and I think it's important though for us to pull back and try to look for the the greater, the bigger picture, if you will, versus because if you if you relate it just to the stuff that happens to you, then all of a sudden something bad happens to you, and it right. just kind of creates kind of a, well, what? No, why is this happening? You know, right? Um, I don't know. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, no,
0: that does make sense. You know, I just sometimes wonder if when we do go through or where we feel like life kind of grabs us by the collar mm-hmm. and and says, "Okay, wait, I'm going to show you some things, right. and I'm going to teach you some a- things, absolutely. and you're going to." You're going to earn some wisdom right now. Why that has to happen in suffering, why it has to happen with us suffering, heartbreak, you know, physical, mental, spiritual distress, any of those things. But for whatever reason, that's what gets our attention. That makes us see what really matters. And I don't know, I guess when you've gone through this, has it allowed you to, I don't know, distill down some truths about your life, like some truths about who you are, John Wallace, and who you want to be and who God is and what faith actually looks like in praxis for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, perspective is the word that really kind of comes to mind, you know, it provides a lot of perspective in terms of what's important to me. Personally, but also what I think is sort of a greater truth in terms of what's important in life, you know, I mean, what
0: are some of those?
1: I think, um, you know, this is going to sound somewhat cliche, but, you know, relationships and with people, the people around you, the people that, that, that you love and the people that love you. And, you know, I, one of the things I feel like I've seen is that, you know, we here on our on earth mm-hmm. are, you know, and I, I feel like there's maybe some biblical verse that ties into this, but we are the hands of God. Ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, we are the ones, um, who can do. You right. Know? Well, and
0: I believe that, like when we say made in God's image, I feel like God has said, okay, guess what? So I've, I have wired you with mm-hmm. this incredible Capacity for love mm-hmm. and compassion and mercy and the ability to actually forgive, mm-hmm. and I've actually given you muscle so that you can use your physical hands right. to make things happen. Right. Like get out there and and redeem. Yes, you know, help people resurrect, help people rise, right. tell people that they're loved. Make them feel bigger than they actually are, because really they are that big. Mm-hmm. Like they are these incredible, remarkable human beings, and you need to tell them that. Right. It's like we're mirroring God out in the wo- out in the world.
1: Right, and it's really easy to not do
0: that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I can go many days, John, where yeah. I'm mirroring. The only thing I'm mirroring is feral. Right. and but I know when I do mirror like what I would say is like my truest self or the divine in me I mean that's just like when all the pieces of the puzzle seem to fit into place mm-hmm. it's like when I feel I have this lightness of being I'm not as anxious I'm more certain about God's presence and this larger plan mm-hmm. I mean as I've gotten older you know I I When things are going well for Pharaoh, it's when I'm listening and I'm watching for the signs. Mm -hmm. So like when someone introduces me and I'm like, wow, what a connection. Or I run into someone and it like spurs a new direction for me. Or like all these connections, if I pay attention to them, they do seem to move me in a direction that I'd like to be going. But more importantly, it seems like God would like me to be going. Right. The problem is... I forget about, you know, how grateful I am for my life and where I am. And I get caught up in the world of busyness and jobs and responsibilities, and I forget. And so I miss chances mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And and that's the problem. It's like you you go through suffering and it's like whew, you have to stop at the stop sign and you're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And God's gonna tell you, like, okay, like. Start opening your eyes again, right? And and seeing what I need you to see. Yes. Right. Yes. Like no, see no, what absolutely. I need you to see.
1: No, I mean absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I think you know, you know, the, the things that you think about, you know, when you're when you're going through uh, the struggle, is not it's not the mundane, petty stuff in life, you know, mm-hmm. that that you deal with most of the time mm-hmm. um, when you have when you're and so. It is, it's, it's people, relationships, a big part of what happened to me was like, how can I love other people? Now, I still really struggle heartily with that, mightily, just with, you know, oh, uh, do I have time to do that or, you know, do I know that person well enough or, or, you know, gosh, I'm supposed to do this for work or do this for family or whatever, which I, all of that's important. It's just the juggling of all that. It's right, it part. is. And, um, and then also experiences is the other, the important experience and experiencing that with people. So, you know, the other thing, the things that really kind of came to mind were, and the things that I really cherished, even in the struggle were the moments that I had with the people that I loved, you Mm -hmm. know, um, you know, it sounds, you know, my, my five year old daughter, Annabelle, you know, she and I, you know, I was home for, uh, for (sighs) Long time after I got out of the hospital, right. she yeah. was in school for two two, not two days a week, three days a week. Didn't go to school until nine thirty, and um, you know, we got pretty tight, yeah. you know. And that's a great blessing, you know, Such to have that time mm-hmm. with her and um, and just to be home with my family. And you know, at four o'clock when they come home from school, and I'm you know mm-hmm. I wasn't doing anything, right? <laughs> I was pretty useless, but just to be there with them was you know. Just don't take don't take that for granted. You know right. that, that was a really special time, and and um, and that's the other thing you know, on the take for granted stuff. You just cannot. It's it's again very cliche to say, but it is so easy to take stuff for granted. And
0: yeah, it it's in like time and how you know I, I, how you can waste time. Yeah, you know it's this always this wasting time versus mate, elevating time. Mm-hmm. like elevating time and making it feel like it is sacred and precious and yeah.
1: be in the moment
0: be in the moment I know yeah. it is all these cliche things yeah. but they are so true
1: they're so true I mean yeah, I was up at Sewanee a few weeks ago and uh with some friends and they all went out I couldn't go and hike they were hiking out to Piney Point and I can do a lot of things but I was a little daunted by a three-mile hike and so I stayed at home and um I laid down on the, on the back porch on the sofa and um, you know, the house is in the middle of the woods and you could just, the breeze was blowing through the woods. And it was a beautiful day like today and the sun was shining and they were gone for forever. I fell asleep they still weren't home when I woke up. But, and I just sat and I was like, I was at first kind of anxious, you know? Right. But then I was like, you yeah, know, this is really nice. Just enjoy this, you know? And just, I
0: what mean, it sounds,
1: it sounds weird. But just enjoy, like, you're not going to get this maybe for another
0: six years. (laughs) It's so true. Because you have four children. I have six children. So the idea that we actually just got to sit and quiet in nature is such a precious gift.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? It makes you...
1: And I see, for me, and this sounds kind of self-serving, but I see people walking in flip-flops. And I'm like, "Ah," you know, I'd really like to be able to walk Walk in in flip-flops. Right. Don't take that for granted. I
0: know yeah. <laughs> it is. It's like counting your. It is always the simple things, right? Yeah, the Simple exactly. ordinary things. Well, there's always this question of what is faith. Mm-hmm. Like, what is faith? And and you know, it's we live in the Bible Belt where faith is a word that gets thrown around all the time. Yeah. But when you are in the trenches and you're holding on for dear life, that to me is when. It like we need to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Like so, so what is going to help me, you know, endure, and all the dark nights of the soul, and then what is going to help me prevail? Mm-hmm. And is that faith? Is it faith? You know what you said earlier. Is it faith in that there is a God, or is it the presence of love? Is it a higher, crazy, remarkable, creative? Consciousness, the divine, the creator, and then what is it that holds it all together holds us together and allows us to kind of see, it, see ourselves through this human, spiritual experience?
1: Yeah, I mean, it is faith, I think. You have to have faith. And I think faith is... Um, but faith it's okay, faith is going to waver, and yet I think you have to know that that's okay. You know, you're going to have questions, and I think God honors questions and doubt, I really do. Oh, I Uh, do Um, (coughs) you. But you have to have it, and you have to have faith that there is a higher power, I think, that there is God. And and then you have, there's a, um, you just have to have faith, that you're going to come out on the other side of it,
0: whatever that looks like.
1: Whatever that looks like, right? Um, there's a, it, 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 there's a. I don't know if you're familiar with the Stockdale paradox.
0: I'm not. So <laughs> educate
1: me. I read a book called Good to Great, which is familiar to a lot of people. But um, Admiral Stockdale was a. He was captured at POW in um, Vietnam and was there for a long, long time. I don't know all the details, but obviously very, really testing situation, you know, beaten and tortured and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, and he got out after, I don't know how long, but a long time, and they kind of asked him, how did he kind of keep it all together? He was like, I saw so many men who broke and were really broken by the end of it because they were like, we're going to get out by Christmas. And then Christmas would come, and mm-hmm. it's still there. Well, it's going to be Easter. Uh, Easter comes, it's gone, it's still in there. You know, we're going to get there. But, you know, it's going to be Labor Day or whatever, and it would come and gone. He said, "You have to." He said, "His." I forget the exact words, but something along the lines of, "You have to have faith that you are going to come out on the other side." While at the same time, coming. To grips with the current circumstances that you're yeah. in right now and dealing with them on a day-to-day,
0: a basis. day-to-day basis
1: and I think that's um
0: because you, know, you still I mean day-to-day I know what it is a challenge yeah I mean your whole life has been changed and so yeah. just the logistics yeah you I get to, to walk right and you're not where you want to be but yeah. you get to walk now which yes. you didn't know there was a time where you weren't sure if that was going to happen or if you'd be in a wheelchair and now you can but the logistics of like, I remember your wife said that you did this crazy act of kindness. You were going out on a date mm. and you showed up in pants mm. because it's such a big deal yeah, for you, you to pain. put pants on right. over your prosthetics. But that was you showing her that you were, you know, it's just a gesture of love. Yeah. Like, I'm putting on pants because yeah. we're going to do fancy yeah. to go out to dinner. Right. I'm taking you on a date, yeah. which you haven't done in, like, years. Right. And it was just, you know, but so just your day-to-day life, I believe it was Faulkner who said, you know, the secret to, um, the secret to you know, the human being is their ability to adapt. And, you know, none of us as human beings want change. Mm-hmm. Like, don't we struggle with that? We get up right to the edge and it's like this muscling, like, oh my gosh, I do not want the change. And the people that are the most balanced and peaceful and seem like they have their grounding in the world are the ones that are okay with adapting. Yeah. With situations, with relationships, with their future, Mm -hmm. like just saying, okay, you know what, I'm gonna, not gonna be pretty, but I'm gonna adapt to it. Right. And being willing to adapt.
1: That's right. Uh, You know, um, it's, and I think it's a, you know, for me, people ask, have asked me, you know, how do you keep, how do you stay positive and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I have, my question is, What's the alternative, you know? Right. Um,
0: Which I've, you know, on the flip side of that, it's like, well, so why do you believe in God? Mm-hmm. And right. especially when you're in that dark place where you're like, there is, I feel like it's like dark wall all the way around me. And mm-hmm. there's no way out and not, a sh- not even a shard of light. But then the alternative to think that you're in that place and there isn't a God right. is a much scarier place to be yeah, in. Right? That's true. Absolutely. Going back to what we were saying earlier, though, because I want, you know, I have said this and I know you've just said this now that there are places of doubt and fear and anger and disappointment in God. Mm -hmm. And those times are okay. Like, I feel like when we go back to the definition of faith, like faith doesn't have a leg to stand on if it's not authentic. And it's not one that you can doubt Mm -hmm. and have moments of, I have not heard from you, seen you or felt your presence in a long while. Yeah. And, and just say, you know, calling a spade a spade.
1: Yeah. I think, I think, um, again, I think God, uh, you know, he's, he's a lot bigger than us. Right. And so he, I think he understands that and I think he honors that and I think that's kind of how you get to a better place is going through that in a lot right. of instances you know you kind of um you come to a greater understanding of God and a greater understanding of yourself I think um,
0: well I don't know why this and I don't know you you tell me if you resonate with this but I don't know why it has to be that we have to struggle or suffer disappointment or experience like Terrific vulnerability to actually like be better versions of ourselves Right Right? Like, why does it have to happen that way, but I tell you every single time I will run into the wall it's like I come away and huh, like a revelation, you know, it's like either I see something a little more clear or I don't know I, I It's just like a stronger Better version.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's the answer, right? I mean, that's why it's, that's where that's that's where he wants us to go.
0: Well, and I think it was Richard War that said, you know, be okay with the stretching, yeah, the breaking, the mending process. Like, yeah. be okay with that because the ultimate goal is you were started from a place of love, mm-hmm. and and you're you're in a place of love, and you are going towards a place of love. So it's all good for you. That's right. Right. It's all good. Hard to hear though, when you've lost someone in the dark times, or you've lost your legs or you've lost a dream or you've lost something. It's hard to, and I guess that's where we go back to this, you know, that steel rod on the inside.
1: I think that's, yeah. And I think it's, it's just taking it day to day. Mm -hmm. That was something my father, um, when he was in his 30s, and I forget the exact age, his first wife died and left him with four young children who were all under the age of, let me think about this. I mean, they were all within six years of each other and all under the age of, certainly under the age of 12, I think. And, um... He's been very helpful through all this, you know, uh, just kind of really, he's very private about that, but he's, you know, talked a lot about it with me just in terms of kind of how he walked through that and how difficult that was. And, you know, he's one of the things he said to me, he said, you're just going to have to take it day by day and you're going to have to get up and work through that day. And then you're going to work through the next day and then you're going to work through the next day and one day it's going to be better.
0: Right. Um, oh, John, say it again. <laughs> That's exactly what we, yeah. You know what we all need to hear. It is is that putting one foot in front of the other.
1: Yeah, right. And and it's just, hard to hear, though. It, it is hard to like, hear. Well, when is that? You don't know.
0: Well, and no. and you know, David has said, you know, a lot of life is about muscling through. Mm-hmm. And then I would add to what David says is it, but you get these glimmers of such incredible, like beauty and showings of love and signs of grace and hope that you're like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to put that one foot in front of the other.
1: Yeah. And you're going to have days that
0: suck. Right. I know where you don't want to get out of bed.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And put the one foot in front of the other.
1: That's right. And that's
0: okay. And that's okay. I know You, you do. You just have to be where you are. Yeah. With that said, if, you were talking to someone right now who was in the midst of a storm or felt like they were in this dark, dark valley. What would you tell them right now?
1: I, th- I think it would be what I said before. You know, it's going to get better. There is a God. He has a plan for this. It. You may not see it now. You may not ever see it, but mm-hmm. there is a plan. And um, you just have to uh i mean so i would you know tactical stuff like pray i mean being prayerful and then it's is that like a daily
0: discipline for you
1: it it is discipline is a good word for it because i'm not very good at discipline but yes (laughs) um if you're in the valley right now just deal with what you're in right now get through the days again day by day by day and one day it will get better you will get through it because Um, we
0: believe it's it's believing that that in a god that does always redeem yeah right redeem situations i mean resurrects whether it's a really small small part of your life or a big part of your life i mean for many you know you got a second chance like you were brought back from in, in many ways, body, mind, and spirit, you are resurrected and given this this new life, John. Yeah. And Do you I, feel the profundity of that? Not not 100%.
1: You don't? No, okay. Not 100%. Um, but, you know, I mean, my nurse... Like, I
0: just look at you, and you're, like, so handsome in your blue vest <laughs> and your shirt and your smile, and I just know where you've
1: been. Yeah. And
0: well... that in itself, and that's I guess that's why I keep going to this, you should wear the T-shirt that says, I am hope, because... You know, I I know even with um, Charlie's cancer, I mean, it was a a full year of just the day-to-day grind. Mm -hmm. But then it was, like, five years after that before Mm -hmm. we, like, even started to feel normal. Yeah. And so I I think people need to see, like, time is not, we just can't, we have to let go of the time thing. You know, as human beings, we just so need that time. I wanna see this happen now. I need this to be over now. I need to know what's gonna happen next. Like what is behind what's twenty pages ahead of me? And it's just not how God works. And you know, I look back, it's you know it's so easy to look back in the rearview mirror, but I look back on my life over the last, you know, Charlie is fifteen years from treatment. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so 15 years ago, you know, 16, 15, 16 years ago, he was diagnosed. And I I just, if I could have, I could not in any way, shape or form have created the life that I have lived over the last 15 years. Mm -hmm. Like in no way I could have ever imagined it or created it or willed it for myself. It is so beyond that it only has to be because of god yeah because i know Pharaoh could not have designed this right absolutely you know no, how absolutely. this looks for me yeah and it still doesn't mean that when i'm feeling the pinch yeah you know of life that i forget that and yeah. i'm in the throes and i'm feeling like i'm walking on the hot coals and i cannot see where i'm gonna get off mm-hmm. you know that feeling where you're like i don't know how i'm gonna get off the hot coals i'm just walking them that I don't sometimes forget that. Mm-hmm. And that's when people that love us have to help us through, like hold yeah. our well, hands that's through.
1: The other thing <laughs> that I was going to say about the people in the valley, the other thing that I would say is ask for help and then accept help. Right. A lot of people don't ask and then a lot of people don't accept help. Mm-hmm you know, and you've just got, you got to.
0: Well, and I would say people that, yeah. want to help.
1: That's how, do. I that's know, it's what how we're works. all here for.
0: I know to help one another, but yeah, you know, I don't know if it's ego or pride or what it is, but you know, I, I'm a strong person and I feel like I can do a lot, I can do a lot of stuff myself. Mm-hmm. And so I never want to like ask for help because I figure I can just do it myself and other mm-hmm. people need it more. But that's just not what God wants. Like yeah. God wants me to say, Hey, John, you know what? I really could use you right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a a dear friend that's going through cancer right now. She's my age. And she told me the other day that her husband went to a friend and he's a very shy guy. And he went to a friend and he said, I need you right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I need you to stand up for me. I need you to be there for me. And I know this is going to be really hard. And I have no idea what it looks like going forward, but I need you to be with me. And I was so in admiration of him because Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's the men that have the hardest time
1: saying,
0: you know what? I I cannot do this. I need your help.
1: I told a friend not too long ago, lost a parent, and he was uh, was telling him, you know, so-and-so, they're going to come to the funeral. He's like, please tell them not to come. They don't need to come. I was like, dude, they want to come. Mm-hmm. You know, just let them come. Let them come love on you. you right, know?
0: I know. We have to show up for one another.
1: Yeah. So,
0: I know. I think I know who your friend was. And, yeah. and you know, it was packed. And that makes you feel right that you're not alone.
1: Yeah. And so I think is, and that's hard for people to do to accept I've gotten a lot better. I think people think I'm probably a freeloader now.
0: <laughs> like, let me get that. No.
1: I'm like, okay. No,
0: no, no. <laughs> John, That is not, that is so, okay. Right. Okay, so for all intents and purposes, uh-huh. because I saw you on the ventilator, mm-hmm. you've been given a second chance. Right. So what are you doing differently? Well, mm. so for all of us that have not just, yeah. been brought right up to that edge, and so we're we're all going through our routines, and we're all thinking we have so much time. Yeah. And see, that's the misnomer. We all believe that there's always going to be more time. Yeah. And it's just not true. It's we, we have much shorter time than we think we have here. So you've been given you've been given this time. Mm-hmm. What are you doing with it? How are you changing? What are essential in your life? What matters?
1: First of all, let me start with you asking me do I feel like I've had a second life or mm-hmm. that kind of stuff? And I, I will say that my my occupational therapist who was a an angel in the, in the recovery hospital, wonderful lady named Gwendolyn. She was just, oh, man, she a rock. And, you know, I can't say enough about caregivers and the importance mm-hmm. of them and what they can really mean to people because...
0: And know, we should come back to this yeah. because there are these people that come into our lives. Yeah. So finish what you're saying. We'll what I was going to say,
1: she said, one of the first things she said, she said, well, whew, I've read your chart and you should not be here. Um, so that's the, that's the one person who said that, that and the doctor who I'm like, okay, you know, I guess I really was pretty close to the, to the edge, you know, but, and so how do I, how do I live my life differently? You know, like I'm going to come back around to some, a lot of the themes that we've already talked about that seem that are going to sound very cliche, but I'm trying, I'm trying and not always succeeding at um, being more aware of the struggles that other people go through and are going through or have gone through. And then um, trying to do something, Mm-hmm. for them or offering at the very least, or even just praying for them, mm-hmm. you know?
0: And tell them you're praying for and them. And tell them that. Yeah, I think Absolutely. that that's, um, you know, it, it's, you know, part of my job is to reach out to people and not be afraid yeah. to go into the vulnerability and the, the despair right. and the upset and just walk right into it. Yeah. And I feel like that's a gift that's been given to me, which a lot of it is just being a wounded healer I've been mm-hmm. there before and yeah. feeling like you can be... I think sometimes people think that they shouldn't or it's awkward oh. and and really what people want when they're going through something is for you just to say, how are you doing Yeah like just call it just go right up and say, how are you doing?"
1: The people so uh, the people that helped us or that really reached out and this is not universal but so many of the people that loved on us. People I never would have expected, ever.
0: Now that's interesting. Yeah. So you should speak on that, like the unexpected.
1: Yeah, so, in, so people I never expected to do it, and and some people uh, just unexpected and, and really humbling and overwhelming. And then, then I look at a lot of the people that did who were unexpected, and a good chunk of them had gone through something really tough themselves Mm -hmm. you know and they you know I realize, you know the reason they part of the reason they did that was not just yes out of the goodness of their heart and Mm -hmm. that they're good friends but they they understand what it means right um and the impact that it can have I mean um you know just it's it's very overwhelming I think about there I have a box of letters from i emotional talking about it, but, um, from about a hundred friends, um, just little notes of, you know, hanging in there, stuff like that, you know, get well soon, that sort of stuff. And, um, they're all friends, you know, been friends of mine throughout my life and people from out of town and, and um, uh, in town, people I don't see a ton of, some of them, uh, anymore and the people who the, the women that put it together I love dearly I know them but they're not my best friends you know mm-hmm. I don't see them you know not who I'm going out to dinner with a lot of times and uh, but I'll be damned if they didn't just jump in and do something you know and uh,
0: we have to do something yeah if that's like the one thing you know you ha- we have to do something we have to show up for one another yeah. and not be afraid and yeah. jump into the fray yeah. Because guess what? I, I use this analogy of it's like the the relay race and, you know, you have the baton in your hand. And, but ultimately it's going to be passed. And so we're constantly having to, we don't know where we are in our lives on the track. Yeah. At some point you're going to be holding the baton. Yeah. And so we all have to kind of show up for one another.
1: Yeah. And I've even, so I actually, so this realization of all the struggle that's suffering a lot of them. People that I know and love have come through, you know, I, I actually, I gave that talk at NBA and a lot of people reached out and had very many, a lot of nice things to say. And if a couple of them, you know, I was very honest and I just was like, man, I'm sorry I wasn't there when you were going through it, you know, I had cancer or whatever. And one of my, one of the friends had a really good, uh, you know, great response. He said, it's not about keeping score." -hmm. He's like, you know, I wasn't a great friend for you doing during this. You know, it's not about keeping score; it's just about getting better. Right, getting better. Just getting better, and and you know, seeing more opportunities to make an impact and doing that and helping people. And so that's what I'm trying to do.
0: Well, I kind of had framed this whole year as is this a year of living soulfully. Mm -hmm. So it's it's like trying to figure out like how do we live lives that feel deep and consequential and also are fun and have joy. Mm -hmm. You know, where we feel like we're living these weighty, I think in the Bible it says a fullness of life, Mm -hmm. but these weighty, like really like important sacred lives. And, you know, but I guess that's why I'm asking you, like now, like you've been given this, you've been given this life where the, you know, the scales have come off your eyes and you're like, holy moly, like I was at the edge, I could have stepped over, I'm back over here on this side and and so now I don't know how much time I have like Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know I have 50 years 70 years whatever none of us have any idea what our day is what will I do like what what am I determined to make as my life
1: yeah well there's certain things that I'm uh, that I'm not 100% sure of just yet you know in terms of uh, an ultimate vision or goal for my life but as you know, again, going back to, you know, live in the moment, uh, you know, again, it sounds so cliche, but again, and, and, and not taking for granted, just appreciating the little moments, you know, driving right. through and, and trying to bring other people into that a little bit too. I mean, right. I, you know, there was a day last, um, I don't know when it was February or something. And it was just a gorgeous day, you know, sort of first breath of spring and, you know, driving with my windows down and daylight today, maybe a little bit warmer and, you know, it was just, it was just a great day. Just you a know? great day. And, and name that day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, and I just texted a bunch of my friends. I was like, this is a great freaking day, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yeah, you know, a few guys were like, yeah, it really is.
0: <laughs> <John>. <laughs>
1: and, uh, you know, and, and just trying to appreciate those moments with my children and my wife. I mean, my wife and I just got back from the beach. You know, four or five days. First time we were, first time we've gotten uh, alone. You know, since we had Annabelle, which is a long time for more than like two days. And uh, just trying to appreciate those moments. And and um, and I, you know, I think you have to learn how to appreciate the tough moments too. You know, I was with uh, with my son working on his homework the other night. and He was frustrated and crying. And you know, what? Yeah, you know, it just a. It was a sweet moment. You know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just trying to appreciate those, you know, I try to journal a little bit. I was going to ask you that because you stuff. had
0: any like disciplines that you were doing writing things down or,
1: yeah, you know, I'm not great at that. Um, I, I, I want to be a lot better. I'm, you know, my journal is littered with, well, I was, you know, hope to do better this time, you know, hopefully i will like to get in and, you know, have another journal entry next week and it'll be like four months later, you know, this is what I did the last four months, which, of course, it takes longer, and then you're <laughs> like, I don't want to do that again, so you don't do the journal. But so I'm, I'm starting the smaller, you know, this is, you know, trying to just a couple a few thoughts here and there, you know, little moments, something my children said, or, you know, special moments of a beautiful day or whatever, mm-hmm. and just kind of trying to get that down. I mean, a lot of people talk about, and I, I've, I have trouble with this, but another sort of tactic, a lot of people talk about just finding three things you're thankful for every day.
0: Yeah, you start your day yeah. with three things.
1: And, you know, I've tried that a little bit. Um, that's that's hard, you know, because I think the key th- for me, and the key thing is to get beyond I'm thankful for my kids and my family and my that I'm living and those kinds of things and, uh, and get into, like, I'm thankful that the bird's chirping outside my, mm-hmm. you know, just the little the little things and being intentional about what's really happening and that you can be thankful about thankful for Uh, Have you made any
0: like significant changes in your life? Like have you subtracted some things from your life that you're like, you know what that just that just wasn't Isn't necessary. I don't want that as part of my life anymore Or have you added on anything into your life? And you're you know, this is going to be an essential for our family like we are doing this
1: you know, um So at work, I made a, there was a pretty significant change in my, in my job function, which was really good for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And
0: gave you some more time and flexibility,
1: more time, more flexibility, less dealing with stuff I don't like to deal with, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and, uh, you know, stuff that was just. I mean, it had been a drag on me for a long time. You know? Yeah, and you
0: know, it's funny because my friend that's going through cancer right now, that's one thing she said. She said, we get into this rut where we think it has to be this way. Yeah. We have to do those things. We have to go to that meeting or we have to schedule ourselves till we're just so scheduled out and we have to be so busy. And actually, when you're you know, stopped in your truck, she realized like, oh my goodness, like it's all about me choosing. Yeah. I get to choose how I spend my time. And if it's really a soul drain, Mm -hmm. then I have to choose to push it to the side and put something in there that is going to increase my joy or at least make me feel like my time is significant and meaningful. And What
1: I was doing, I was dealing with a lot of stuff that was really sapping me. You know, Mm -hmm. just like, this is miserable. Yeah. You know, and... um,
0: What else? Anything uh, with your wife, uh, children? Well,
1: I'll tell you, yeah... um, so it's you know, I mean, uh, the, with my wife, I mean, certainly I think for her, you need to talk to her, but I think there's, I think at the end of the day, our relationship is better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took, you know, it went, got worse before it got better, right but, um, uh, you know, it was a tough, real tough for her, mm-hmm. um, maybe tougher for her than it was for me, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, And, but, you know, I feel like we're in a better place, you know, we're just more open with one another. And, um, you know, again, just able as, as, as a couple just to, to look at our life and say, you know, what gives us joy and what, what doesn't. And And it's a
0: conversation. See, maybe that's what it is too, John. (laughs) It's, it's just having the conversation. Yeah. You know, it's being a little more, I'm kind of a fly by the seat of your pants. And so I'm just constantly moving with things. Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing though that, yeah, I kind of have to say, you know what? This is just not working in my life. Yeah. And and I need to change it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I really am happy when I'm doing this mm-hmm. and I feel peaceful and I feel good. And so I need to like make that happen more in my life. Mm-hmm. Like I need to make that happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. And And I think we're, you know, doing a better job of that kind of stuff. It happens kind of little by little. I wouldn't say there's any great big, you know.
0: Watershed. Watershed
1: moment. Because for us, it's been a process, you know, of kind of just getting used to this. And, you know, for her, but it was really difficult, right? I mean, for her, it was like, and I'd be like, hey, it's going to get better. Like, I'm not going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. You know, I don't think, and I think it's going to get better. It was hard for her to see that. You know, it was hard for me to see that, but I was doing it every day and I was the one who was feeling like this feels better than it did last week, you know, and those kinds of things. Um, But she was very, she she was stuck kind of in the moment. So we've
0: changed chairs because of the sun.
1: Right. And you were super
0: adaptable. That's right. (laughs) So you did this amazing YouTube. Um, It's been on YouTube. So many people have watched it. You're speaking to a group of high school boys mm-hmm. and I was so struck by you said I did not know how to love or I did not know what love was mm-hmm. before what happened to me yeah. and that has all changed so what is your definition of love
1: so I, th- I think you know the the love for me was a feeling right I knew when I loved someone or I loved something okay but I always there was all it's a word that's tossed out a lot right um, you know, love thy enemy, you know, love, you know, love, 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 love someone. How do we, I was in a Bible study this morning, you know, and, um, and, and just being able to seeing how people leaned into our lives and just jumped in and helped, uh, you know, all of a sudden it kind of became clear to me that this, that really love is the action of reaching into people's lives and doing things for. You know and that's where you start the feeling will, will come with that in a lot mm-hmm. of instances right mm-hmm. um uh but that that's how you do that right i mean that's how you that's the action of love you know it's not a feeling it's it's an action and that's what it takes and there's so many and it, it was just it was illustrated to me and demonstrated to me by the number of people who did that for us mm-hmm. and um just kind of was somewhat of a revelation you know to me or an epiphany if you will as as I was you know like I said I had a lot of time to think about things in the in the in the hospital and so that's 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 where it all is it's right? like
0: a feeling but you put muscle behind it it is and no, you know you put th- your soul behind it
1: I think you know ultimately I you know go to marriage conferences occasionally and things you know you talk about lo- loving your wife and uh, you know, loving your husband and what that's like in a married couple, and you're supposed to die to yourself and you know, give all yourself to your wife, and she's supposed to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, therefore, you know, you, you, you become selfless loving each other, giving up right. yourself to love each other. And it's kind of you're never gonna get there, right? We're sinful, right. so you're never gonna be perfect. But the more you try, right. the better it is. And you know, it's kind of that I look at it that way in the world with that kind of a of a feeling with, with love is like, if we could all just try, you know, that again, die to yourself. What can I do for somebody else mm-hmm. today? And if we all did that, um, and we'd never get there, right? I mean, that's kind of impossible. We're all yeah, but just all even simple. the trying. Imagine the what trying of What a beautiful picture that would be.
0: Um, <laughs> what a beautiful picture.
1: And, and so, you know, you just... I want to try to do my part. And I—be I, the, the reality is it's really hard for me. You talked about being awkward, and mm-hmm. that's a big thing for me. So many people who've been through struggles, again, when I go back and I tally the people that I haven't really loved in the past because mm-hmm. of the struggles that they've gone through, it's because... Um,
0: it's uncomfortable. Sometimes, sometimes like, loving is well, uncomfortable. Like, you
1: know, oh, you know what? They probably have better friends that are really kind of... We, on them. or doing mm-hmm. something for them. And that might be awkward. They, they might feel awkward or I might feel awkward. or It's just probably not my place or, you know, I'll go do that again some other time. Or well, and the
0: other thing is, is I always tell people when, when people call and ask me, gosh, what should I do for this person? And I say, handwritten note. Yeah. Like, because then they have it tangible and yeah. if they're sitting in a hospital room, yeah. guess what? They're going to probably read it 20 times in that day. Like it really is tangible hope. Mm-hmm. Like write the letter, put in the mail, Absolutely. and let them get receive it. Like Absolutely. it really makes a difference. These little acts of kindness yeah. that that are tremendous. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm, I'm, that get I'm, people through things. Yeah.
1: The difficulty. I'll just illustrate the difficulty that I had. Again, this is, you know, not not that long ago, and. Um, Friend of mine's dad passed away and you know it was the day he died and this is one of my best friends mm-hmm. and I called him and he didn't answer his phone, I texted him and he didn't text me back and you know I'm like, Yeah, this is you know, I was at a conference, a business conference, and I'm like that night, I'm like, I really should go over there, but like, oh that's that's gonna be really awkward. What if I go over there and he really doesn't want to see me yet? Call me back yet, text me back or anything. Again, I'm just wrestling with myself in the head, It's like, just stupid, you know. And then I went, I finally was like, you know, just go. Go, right. And go alone with another good friend. but And, you know, it's like, yeah, of course, yes. Yeah, go. you show go. up, yeah, right? Just go, yeah. You, you go. Know? It's like, oh, hey, great to see you. you know? And, you know, just, but the difficulty that we all have, I think, or maybe it's just me, of kind of saying, you know, I just jump off the jump off the cliff and, and do something, you know. It's a constant struggle.
0: Okay, so you were brought to that edge. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, a different feeling about death, having known that you almost died? Are you more afraid of it now? Are you peaceful about it? Do you have? Did something happen through your hor- whole ordeal where you felt like everything was going to be all right and there was life after?
1: I'm not scared of death. Um. For me, uh, I'm not scared of death. I'm scared of going to the hospital again. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. Like, I do not want to do that again. Right. Um, but um, I, where death gets me is is the pain that it leaves behind for my children and my and my family. Like, that I'm scared of. Like, what's it? Not that I'm some great thing or anything, but what's life going to be like for them when I'm gone? And, um and could, you know, I don't want that to happen sooner than it needs to happen. But for me, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with dying and, you know, I believe that I'm going to go be with God and, and and be in heaven. And, and I think, uh, you know, that's, that's obviously a very important piece of, of, of that piece, uh, the faith, the the faith, the whole faith, Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me personally, like, I'm not afraid of dying. Um, but I, I do wonder, you know, have, have, what will that leave when I'm gone? And I'm, uh, that scares me.
0: So, for my year of living soulfully, you know, clearly I look at you and I'm like, boy, is he living soulfully. Now, he's paid a high price to get to this. Not that you weren't living soulfully before, but what does that mean to you to live soulfully?
1: You know, I hate to repeat myself, but I think being just more aware. Of what's going on with other people not yourself uh, I mean certainly you have you can't lose sight of yourself um, and uh, well
0: and it's important because you're diligently taking care of yourself right. right now I mean we talked about it I mean you were at the hospital getting an infusion on Tuesday you're yeah. you're you're like diligently taking care of yourself because you want to live right and you've got four kids they're under the age of 12 and right. you've got a wife who has already been through it Right. So you're diligently trying to take care of yourself, but I understand it's,
1: yeah. And it, you know, uh, so yeah, I mean, I had a doctor tell me, I was like, I'm, I'm, I didn't know whether I should talk, come to talk to you about this. And he was like, given everything you've been through, you should come talk to me. You know, don't, don't hesitate. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, being aware of what's going on with other people and uh, being in the moment and being present and trying to, um, just appreciate the the little things that are going on in your life because if you get if you get caught up and looking which is very easy to do and I do it every day and looking forward and what's coming what you know what do I need to plan for if you just get too much into that you're not you're not gonna live soulfully right you're, you're, not, not. you're gonna be you know you're gonna be off and you're gonna and be striving a, for something you're really never gonna get really
0: right and and I want you to tell people I mean like you do counseling Yes. You do counseling with marriage counseling, too. Yes. You go to a Bible study.
1: Yeah, I have a couple men's groups. Yeah,
0: you do men's do. groups. So you're, you're like, to live soulfully is a discipline.
1: Yes. Right? Absolutely. You're taking care of business. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, exactly. I mean, so one of the things that I've prayed about uh, as going through this is, you know, given a second chance in life, you know, Lord, help me serve you. hmm show me what I need to do, help me serve you, uh, in, in this world. And, um, and so I have sought out things that, you know, people that I think fill me, fill my soul and that, uh, you know, have two men's groups, two and a half, really, if you want to count one and yeah, I go, I go to see a counselor. I have lunch with my pastor once a month. Um, you know, I go to church, um, and, uh, you know, Anything that, you do
0: like that's different with your children or with your wife?
1: Uh, you know, nothing that's, well, my wife, you know, I got a lot, some good advice of, you know, and I think this is right. Uh, is, again, it's, a lot of it's tactical. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it was like, you need to find 20 minutes a day to talk to your wife. And, you know, it could be, not watching TV, you know, not with other people. Like just you two could be over making lunches or whatever it is you do. but Just talk, to, talk about what's going on in your life. So twenty minutes a day, and then once a week, find a, you know a cheap dinner, easy date that you can do, you know, quick whatever. Once a month, a nice dinner. Once a quarter, a weekend away, and once a year, a more elaborate kind of you know Thanks. vacation. And that if you can't do all of that, the twenty minutes a day is actually the most important. So,
0: most important. Um,
1: and and so you know we've tried to do that, and that you know that again it's it, it's it's a helper. Um, yeah, it does. You know, you, you have to have do the work. You know? right? Yeah.
0: I know. I think it's like it's not one of those things where you're you know Peter Pan and you know you just manifest this life of likeness of being and living soulfully. It's like. Very intentional right. living, yeah. And I mean, we both have said it's an imperfect process, mm-hmm. but you've got to be part of the process, yeah. right? You've got to do the work.
1: Yeah, you got to do the work, and that's what that you know. It's a sports analogy. You hear Nick Saban talk about it. You know, it's Are you about going the process. you Alabama
0: football? No, it's about
1: the process. Or James <laughs> Franklin, same thing. And I, th- you know, I think you re- you read. It's kind of funny, but you read. So many like job descriptions and goal, we want goal oriented people and really, you know, I've kind of flipped my, my switch on that. And like, you really need people who are all about the process of doing the right things. And if you do the right things on a day to day basis, you're going to get where to go.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah you are going to get where you need yeah. to go.
1: And, uh, so I, I've tried to do a little bit of that and, uh, you yeah. know,
0: I'm just curious your children's perspective on what's going on in your household.
1: My twelve-year-old, <laughs> he had to write a little paper, and yeah, I read it, and he was—he talked a little bit about that, and you know, he would—he would, he would never—we haven't talked about it, talked. About right. It. He wrote it in a paper, so that was kind of was cool to see. Um, my ten-year-old Charlie, he's probably been the most uh, outwardly affected by it. I think he was—he's um, probably our most sensitive child, and he. I, my second surgery, the amputations were happening on the first day of school, and he couldn't go to school. I mean, we didn't, and Lacy he didn't know mm-hmm. why, but he just burst out crying. and was basically hysterical at school, um, <clears throat> and it was because of me. Yeah,
0: because it's hard to see your parents yeah, struggle. He, he knew I was going right?
1: in for another surgery, and he, he was scared you? that I wasn't, that the same thing was going to happen. And, right. And he's had some issues of, you know, hey, you know, my dad's not like every, all the other dads, and
0: that better right right? hopefully uh, you need to see to start doing the rhetoric I am a superhero I am a superhero right (laughs) Right.
1: but I think you know I think think the resilience thing for them I think is I think something that's not that's gonna that'll come if it Mm -hmm. hasn't already you know well you're walking the wall so it's over time
0: of of them seeing you like you know yeah so every um, every week I sign off my blog live and hope Mm -hmm. Because for me, it's like the one thing that I think we all need. Mm-hmm. It's hard to hold on to it sometimes. And so I I just wonder, what is your definition of hope?
1: Well, uh, you know, the definition of hope for me would be um, an expectation that There are better things ahead, you know. And um, I think I would be remiss if I didn't say, you know, we've talked a lot about hope in this world and -hmm. what that means. Um, And you know, there is that. Ultimately, we're all dying. We're all going to die. I know. You know. And I think the you know they they talk about the ultimate hope is to to live with God and Christ in heaven, and that's what we have through christ and god and um so you know that is a hard one that's a tough one to wrap your head around um, but if you have that i think it makes getting through the the stuff the muck no easier and better right. you know just easier, a little bit easier not not a lot but easier
0: well, I just read this book. I think the title is The Wedding by um, John Berger, but there's a quote in it. I read it actually last night. We're all standing on a ledge, mm-hmm. but always with hope. Right. So it is, we're all in this fragile place as yeah. human beings. and But what God promises us is you will always have hope.
1: That's right. That's right. I think it's just, I, I totally agree with that. I think... I think it's important to know that the hope is not in this world. Yeah, there is hope in this world.
0: Mm-hmm. The ultimate.
1: But, but there's more there's more than that. Right. Too. There is more. You know, and right. that's pretty amazing.
0: Thank you, John.
1: Yeah, thank you. That it's was good. great. All thank right. you. Thanks.